Ultra. In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. Or we normally would, except that today is my kind of like annual season wrap-up. As of last week's episode, that is the end of season six. I'm going to take a few months off as a hiatus, but before I do that, I wanted to go through and thank everyone who had a part in making this season so incredible and so much fun and was a genuine beacon of joy in my life, especially while I spent six months on strike this year. The season started with The Rock, which was... I've been trying to figure out a way to get Chris O'Connor back on the show, and The Rock kind of was the perfect way to do it. It might be my favorite Michael Bay movie. It's definitely like this incredibly succinct story, but has a lot of the Michael Bay-isms. And Chris is someone who really has a handle on a lot of the military and like weapons and stuff that get discussed and happen in the movie. So having him on to remake this movie was just perfect. Uh, The next episode was Dark City. For Dark City, I feel like... So I'd heard of this movie, but I'd never really watched it before. Uh, But Connor Buhajir, who I'd met through the Only Writers group, and Connor was super enthusiastic and wanted to be on the show and wanted me to watch this movie, which has been on my list of things I needed to watch for a while, and actually sit down, make myself watch it. And it ended up being really cool and interesting, especially for Ideal Remake, because we got to talk about just like what worked, what didn't work, and, like, take this movie, which is remembered as kind of a cult classic, but really just, like, lean into what the movie could be or what it even intended to be at the time. So then we went from the dark city to a city that is just full of color. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers from 1995, which Nick Jimenez came on to remake, and that was so fun. It was ridiculous getting to return to that movie because a i hadn't seen it for a while i don't let me put it this way i don't think i'd watch this movie since i watched it on vhs as a child and it's so silly but fun and satisfying in like a weird goofy way and yes the cgi is terrible but it was like new at the time and it was exciting it's a goofy movie and i'm very excited nick encouraged me to watch this movie especially because i basically like whole cloth was like this is what it needs to be this is the remake but there's two more power ranger movies out there and there's a good chance i'm going to talk about them episode 130 was an interesting one so kendra and andrew dorowski have a podcast called disney animated minute essentials which i really hope i got that right and so i wanted to talk about a movie that really would that fits what they do but isn't something they would ever cover Of course, Anastasia, which was a Fox movie, used to be true, but kind of qualifies now since Disney bought Fox, which is bad, and that's a whole separate story. But we got to talk about this movie, and Kendra went down memory lane. She loves this movie. I think she has all the songs memorized. It was really fun. And it was really interesting seeing all the different songs, especially because, as far as I'm concerned, the, the thing that has made the most impact for me has been the 
has has been the one song. The dancing bells, painted wings. That song, that's the one that just sticks with me forever. Things I always remember. It's just, it, it's a song I always remember. And so to talk about the movie itself was great. Episode 131, Presley Peters is someone that I know kind of... So I met him through Caitlin Rogers, who's a former guest of the show. I've watched a lot of the movies that I've remade with Presley, and we, like, talked about it at the time, and then I remade the movie. And so it makes sense because a little bit of his opinions have bled into other episodes already. So we had to have him on for an episode, and we remade 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which is a movie that, like, I feel like as I was watching it, I was like, I feel like I watched this as a child, but I didn't quite remember, but it was, it was really cool getting to watch this. This is a piece of cinema history that's so important. It has been referenced by so many other different things and just the way they present technology and the sci-fi of it. It's all so fascinating. And this episode in particular was very fun because Presley brought in the emotional stakes of the movie and I brought in a lot of the plot and just marrying those two things together, we ended up with something really cool and interesting. At this point, the writer's strike had begun, and I met so many amazing writers on the line. And the first person who I was able to convince to come be on the show is a fantastic writer named Samane Agabi. Samane is, does like comedy and all these I think she, the, the show she was working on was a dramedy, but she wanted to talk about a Chris Farley movie called Beverly Hills Ninja. Which, when she described this movie, I was like, oh, cool, that sounds interesting. I've never heard of it. And then I saw the poster, and I just got waves hit me of like, oh my god, so many copies at Blockbuster. Oh, it was so much fun. Samane is such a fun person, and just being able to talk about a comedy with her, oh, delightful. The next episode, episode 133, was a returning guest. I've known Brad since high school. Brad Boltman is someone I went to high school with. And he was on with uh, my friend Claire Mulcairin when they, when the three of us remade Barbarella, I think back like towards season one, I don't even remember, but Brad had never picked a movie himself. And so he picked Brewster's Millions, which is another movie that I see referenced all the time. And it is in and of itself already a remake, which, and the original movie is itself a, it's all, it's an adaptation. It's a whole thing. And Brad had me watch the original movie, and the remake. So it was this amazing, like, blending of all the different versions of the movie. And it it just worked out so well because there's, like, 41 years of difference between the first two, and now it's been 41 years since the second one. And just the concept of it just works so well. Brad also, very funny, but also very happy to just let me just riff on plot for a while. It was very fun. The next one was just a slugfest. Amanda Barnes is an incredible producer, an incredible writer, an incredible comedian, and she wanted to talk about Kingsman the Golden Circle because we had such high hopes for this movie. We wanted it to be amazing, and we spent this whole episode basically talking about just like missed opportunities and things we love and things we wanted to see, and it was so close to what we ended up pitching as our remake, but didn't quite make it there, and there's going to be a new Matthew Vaughn movie this year and Amanda and I have already decided that we need to go see this movie together we're very excited for Argyle because we love the first Kingsman and we wanted to love the Golden Circle so badly but we're excited we're gonna give 
Argyle a chance because we're going to be there and we're going to watch it and it's going to be dope. And then it's an ideal remake heavy hitter. Kevin Mosteller came on to talk about Mad Max. I'd only ever seen Mad Max Fury Road. So to then get to turn around and watch the original where it came from, it's so different. It's so, like, just the wild ride. And, like, you get you can see the seeds. Like, I think they refer to gasoline as guzzling already. No, they don't. I don't remember. But, like, it's not, like, it definitely, it's, it says it's in the apocalypse, but one of the cops leaves out of a cafe where he'd been enjoying, like, a nice cup of coffee. It's crazy. And, I, no, it's not crazy. It's mad. And we really got into it. Like, Kevin brought the Mad Max soundtrack on vinyl to just have next to us while we were recording the episode. It was perfect. And speaking of podcast heavy hitters, not even just my podcast, just podcasts in general, Chris Lord was like, yes, Wild Wild West. I don't remember why I'd reserved that movie for him, but it was a movie that he wanted and needed to talk about, and I was excited to be there for it. Wild Wild West is another one of those movies that's just, it's, it's very, very fun, and it's almost perfect. And like, with all the lore behind the giant metal robotic spider in the movie, the movie makes it work. Like, it fits into the movie so well where it probably wouldn't have necessarily fit into Superman. Like, I thought it worked out great. And Chris is always a phenomenal guest. He's so knowledgeable. Just the an encyclopedia of Hollywood. Having him on, perfect. The next episode, episode 137, was the Robert Redford movie, The Candidate. I don't know what inspired Diane Bloom to pick this movie, but that's what we talked about. And we both got really deep into politics and like, hey, oh my God, it's crazy how this still happens and that still happens. And oh my goodness, The Candidate, what a movie, lambasting the the American political system while also kind of being an honest representation of it. It makes you sad, but it makes you think, which led into spooky month. October had... Five Tuesdays, and three of those Tuesdays had episodes, which meant that those episodes were going to be co-hosted slash run by Scott Corelli. And we started with Ghosts. We met, talked about Heart and Souls, a Robert Downey Jr. movie, among others, uh, from 1993? Hold on. Yeah, from 1993. It was lovely. It's so sweet. But we talked about how just, like, for whatever reason, it just kind of came out at the wrong time. If it came out, like... A little bit earlier, a little bit later, it could have been a phenomenal hit because it's genuinely just so nice, so sweet. And we talked about just how to make that work now. And then we go from ghosts to vampires. We follow that up with The Lost Boys. And for that, Scott brought on his writing and podcasting partner, Nick Jimenez, you know, from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And The Lost Boys was... So since recording that episode... There are so many references to the Lost Boys, just like in culture, that I never would have gotten without seeing this movie. It's fascinating just getting to see this movie that clearly had such an impact on so many people and and so many kids who watched kids do this movie. And And I get to now recognize those those pieces of of cinema those pieces of culture thanks to scott and nick for having me watch the lost boys and and really get to know this piece of history but speaking of history we concluded spooky month with the wolf man which apparently is one of scott's 
favorite movies. He's watched it hundreds of times, so much so that he watched the remake because he'd seen the original so many times. So we got to have that comparison of I watched the remake for the first, or I'm sorry, I watched the original for the first time. He watched the remake and we got to kind of blend those ideas together because a lot of the ideas I pitched were things that they then turned around and did in the remake, which kind of makes me feel kind of good, makes me think I have good instincts. And we got to we got to really make it and blend it together into just the wolf man that we want. We get ultimate werewolves for this, and it's great. So then we have a trifecta of amazing writers that I met while on strike this year. The first is author Ben Crane, who has an incredible book called A Man of Lies, which I'm recommending to everybody. It's a noir thriller. It's so good. You gotta read it. Ben Crane came on to make something that's like the opposite of noir of a noir thriller. He came on to remake The Freshman, specifically because it's just one of those movies that lives rent-free in his head, and it's Matthew Broderick in a movie with Marlon Brando, where Marlon Brando is playing the Godfather. And it's just a thing that exists. Over a decade after The Godfather came out, Marlon Brando is basically reprising the role in a comedy where... This movie's crazy, but it's like worth it. And it's one of those little pieces of pop culture where if you were paying attention to movies in the 90s, you're like, oh yeah, The Freshman, I do remember that. Big 90s year for the podcast. And I followed that up with one of the strike captains, Joelle Garfinkel, wanted to talk about one of her favorite movies of all time, the original screwball comedy, It Happened One Night. And speaking of movies that have an incredible cultural impact, my goodness, this movie's the reason that Bugs Bunny eats carrots. Like, bunnies didn't eat carrots before that. Like, carrots aren't even good for rabbits. But Bugs Bunny eats carrots because he is referencing Clark Gable in It Happened One Night. It's nuts. And oh, obviously, Joel is an incredible writer and was an, an amazing strike captain. And just being able to sit and talk and laugh with her and talk about this in, this wildly funny movie but so fun and lovely a fantastic episode and then episode 143 was a remake of the game a movie i probably would never have watched if not if if not for guest sean lavery sean is another fantastic writer and i met him on the line and his knowledge of cinema is intimidating is that the right word just like he knows so like like when talking to him, he's like, what's your thing? My thing is I watch movies and he watches all the movies. And this was the movie he wanted to talk about. And in doing prep for the episode, we took a movie that he didn't necessarily love, but in doing prep for Ideal Remake, he grew to love the game. And it's 1997, the game, it's the one with Michael Douglas. It's a David Fincher movie. And it might be the only David Fincher movie I've ever seen. I'll have to double check on that. But I got to see it. I got to watch it because of the podcast and because of Sean and very cool. And I've like been talking about the movie with other people afterwards. And it's also one of those movies that just from the nine big nineties year for the podcast, just like continues forward. And then finally last week, I wrap up the season with Michelle Iantuano's suggestion of it's a mad, 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 mad world. I've always, I haven't always since I first saw this movie about 10 years ago, I have loved it. It is one of the greatest comedies ever made, and I've been so intimidated to remake it because it's a who's who of comedy from the era. It's There's so many people in this movie. It's so long, but it's so good, 
And I'd be remiss if I never got an opportunity to talk about it. And so when Michelle asked for it, I was like, well, we have to. And then to learn how much this movie meant to her. Incredible. Michelle is a phenomenal director and an, an excellent writer. She has, she's like made movies and they're like, so she has live scream and live screamers. I first met Michelle at the Genre Blast Film Fest uh, last year and I was devastated that I couldn't get to go this year. And I don't know, being on strike <laughs> means you don't make a lot of money. But Michelle is so smart and detail-oriented and just has a, a sense of joy to her, especially when talking about this thing that means so much to her. Honestly, I'm very lucky to get to consider Michelle a friend. And I was even luckier that she agreed to do the podcast. It was so fun, so wonderful, and amazing. I got to talk to some of the coolest people I've ever met this season. And I got to see movies that I'd never seen before, movies I'd always wanted to see. And I got to pitch 19 different movie remakes with some with with these incredible guests. And it was so much fun, so wonderful. Uh, just doing this show brings me joy, and I'm so grateful to all of you that listen. Um, I want to thank all of you that took the time this year to leave reviews, to leave rate five-star ratings, and I wanted to read one of the reviews we got this year. Just, it was so nice, and it meant a lot to me, and I wanted to say thank you. This review was left by mom to be 2012 and first of all, congratulations. Second of all, here's what she said. Love the episode on Brewster's Millions, especially the comparisons between the existing versions and the dad that knows the worth of money when Brewster may not. But what would have been different with a female lead? Do you think the female perspective and experience would have changed how the money was approached? The true value of diversity is not how people look on screen. It is the entirely different perspectives they see the world from and how they shape those journeys. Would she have told her best friend and lost everything because the lying was just too much? Would she find herself surrounded by men telling her what she should spend money on or tell her she was doing it wrong? Would she be accused of getting the money from nefarious acts? Love the show. And she left five stars. And these are good questions. And they're good questions that if you want to get answered, you can join the Dueling Genre Discord, which there's a link in the description, the show notes of the show. And these are the kind of questions I love answering. Like, what does this different perspective lead? How does it change, like, the core nature of the movie, the fundamentals of what make the movie what it is? This tiny change, this little tweak, and all of a sudden, everything becomes different. So, mom to be 2012 you are absolutely the right audience for this show. Thank you for listening so much, and thank you for the review. We're going to take a couple months off because hiatuses are important. It's important not to burn out. And I love making this show, and I want to continue loving making this show. I'm so excited for what 2024 has to bring. And I have no idea the movies that I'm going to be remaking, but I'm looking forward to every single one. I'm recording this on December 31st and releasing it on January 2nd. So let me just say, Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm so excited to continue bringing you new episodes next year. And so I will end this episode the same way I end every episode. What is one of my favorite quotes from one of the movies that I remade in season six? And it wouldn't be me with the childhood I had without saying, It's Morphin' Time! Thanks for listening.